the Public News Service Daily Newscast for February the 2nd, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. Most devices that run on 3G wireless technology will become obsolete this year, some in as soon as three weeks. More on that from our Suzanne Potter. In order to clear bandwidth for the new high-speed fifth-generation networks known as 5G, companies will shut off service to devices that use 3G. That includes older model flip phones, fire alarms, burglar alarms, personal emergency response necklaces or bracelets, and onboard navigation systems in older cars. Tom Camber is with Older Adults Technology Services from AERP. What we're recommending is that a person really sit down and go through everything in their home and their car that might be connected to a wireless connection. Write down what the model number is and call the provider who's giving you service for the device. AT&T will shut down its 3G network on February 22nd. T-Mobile shuts down its old Sprint network March 31st and its own 3G offerings at the end of July. And Verizon says it will retire its 3G service at the end of this year. Camber says you may have to replace your device, but you don't have to go with an expensive top-of-the-line 5G product if you only need a basic model. Begin by saying what is the most compatible new device that would be at the same level of cost of my old device. If you're interested, the website SeniorPlanet.org from AARP hosts a free online workshop this Thursday to help people navigate the transition from 3G to 5G. Schools in states like Pennsylvania have faced an uphill battle in the Omicron variant surge, which led to the temporary virtual learning after the winter break. But a new poll finds parents feel overwhelming support for teachers and for schools' handling of COVID-19. In the national survey of 1,300 parents of kids in public schools, 72% said their child's school provides them with an excellent or good quality education. Dan Alderson, a teacher at Chartier's Houston School District in Washington County, says despite the pandemic challenges of the last two years, he's never been more proud to be an educator. Students in our classrooms, they're getting to see firsthand what it is to be a lifelong learner just by looking at their teachers. And they've stepped out of their comfort zones. Governor Tom Wolf signed a bill into law in December that allows the state to expand its pool of eligible substitutes. I'm Emily Scott. Now from CNN, two campus police officers shot and killed Tuesday that during an active shooter situation at the Bridgewater College in Virginia. A male suspect was taken into custody and investigations ongoing, according to Virginia State Police. This is PNS. A Connecticut healthcare workers union is raising concerns over what it calls a staffing crisis in addiction services that led the state to close treatment admissions at two hospitals, that for the first time. Thomas Burr is with NAMI Connecticut and says combined with flat funding for the Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services, people have been unable to get the help they need. The entire behavioral health system in Connecticut is gridlocked, and too many end up in crisis and wind up in overcrowded emergency rooms, waiting sometimes days for an inpatient bed to open, or worse, end up in a jail or in prison. Members of SEIU District 1199 New England say the closures in late December at the Connecticut Valley Hospital in Middletown and Blue Hills Treatment Center in Hartford disconnected people from medically managed detoxification, the highest levels of addiction care. 
and rulemaking is underway for a new law that opponents say is a step backward for monitoring water quality in Montana. More on that from Eric Tegadoff. In the 2021 session, lawmakers passed Senate Bill 358, which changes the criteria for monitoring nutrients in waterways from a numeric system to a narrative system that involves personal observations of waterways. Andrew Gorder with the Clark Fork Coalition says the state needs the numeric standards to protect waterways that are essential to Montana's economy and way of life. We're just concerned as a policy matter that a shift away from these numeric standards will result in increased degradation of our streams, lakes, and rivers. Nutrient buildups can cause algae blooms. A 2020 Montana Department of Environmental Quality assessment found 35% of state river miles were impaired by nutrients. For our final story, we stay on the water. Mike Bowen tells us the wakes from bigger recreation boats on Minnesota lakes have become a source of tension. This week, researchers at the University of Minnesota released a study of the difference between waves generated by boats used for wake surfing and those associated with typical water recreation. The wake surf boat waves were two to three times higher, with three to nine times more energy. Lead researcher Jeff Marr says that type of force is something most Minnesota lakes aren't used to. This is a new use of a boat, and we we want to understand what does it mean, what are the implications. And as activities like wake surfing gain in popularity, Marr says the next step is to use the data to measure how these powerful waves can affect lake ecology. This study indicates certain wake surf boats require buffers of at least 425 to 500 feet from shores and docks to minimize their wake impacts. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported. Heard on interesting radio stations. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.